So today uh, we're going to begin session 84. There's the link with uh, book 5 commentary included. It was received April 14, 1982. Uh, it's not so long a session, 23 exchanges. will take a couple of weeks, I guess. Um, most of it talks about sexual energy transfer, which is very interesting and very important. <clears throat> and um, I have a PDF, um, uh, Sex and Spiritual Path, or uh, Spiritual Path Sexuality, uh, that takes a lot of material uh, from this session and some others about sexual transfers. And, and from a spiritual view, what is healthy sexuality? And so that's very important, actually. <laughs> because if we have a relationship, that's going to be happening. And to make it helpful, not harmful, is important. So, Law of One, Session 84, <clears throat> starts with commentary on book, commentary from L&L, was put into Book 5, Jim and then Carla, Jim said. The first, <clears throat> the first portion of Session 84 is mostly nuts and bolts maintenance of the instrument. Her primary exercise each day was one hour of brisk walking, and when her feet began to suffer injury, we tried alternating two different kinds of shoes, hoping that each would aid one portion of the injury without aggravating another portion. Don also asked Ra about information concerning earth changes, which Andrija Puharic, who was their friend, a scientist, had received from one of his sources. Instead of responding directly to the query and risking infringing upon the free will of Dr. Puharic, Ra chose to speak to the subject of earth changes as representative of one of two choices that a person may make in the search for truth. Third paragraph <clears throat> from Jim again. Between that response and the last question and answer that you see was a portion of information concerning a person's encounter with a UFO, which Ra asked us to keep private. The question and answer that you do see is in reference to the same UFO contact and reveals the general way in which many face-to-face -face encounters between our third density population and extraterrestrial entities occur. What is actually remembered by the third density entity is a product of its expectations and what its subconscious mind fashions as an acceptable story that will allow the entity to continue functioning without losing its mental balance. This is the nature of the positive contact in which the third density entity is being awakened to seek more clearly the nature of not only the UFO encounter but the life pattern as well. Negative contacts, however, utilize the concepts of fear and doom to further separate and confuse the Earth population. So, <clears throat> number one, lots of this session is um, was Ra's guidance to help Carla's condition, and like we talked about earlier, this continual the the the. the commitment to continual self-improvement, continual seeking of um, what may help my condition more. So they uh, first the, the idea was, okay, so she got to the routine of an hour of walking. Then when the feet had a problem, there's the idea of two different kinds of shoes, doing whatever she can. And if that wasn't enough, they kept seeking other uh, means of helping her her condition. Uh, that's the way life here is. <laughs> we we get thrown all sorts of challenges or difficult conditions, and um, 
it's really important to keep um, making to keep making improvement the commitment to self-improvement or improving conditions in line with one's deeper desires about Puharich he asked he was a very famous guy um, unfortunately it seems he has some CIA connections it, raw he asked about earth changes and raw as another case doesn't um, answer directly and that will happen with certain teachers and they can be criticized for that uh, on the other hand if you don't like their answer go somewhere else and so raw uh, didn't address earth changes as he asked directly but talked about um, perspective on material uh, affairs as an important um, higher level of discernment and uh, determination of our path <clears throat> focusing on this or focusing on that then a uh, question about UFO a couple of questions you'll see about UFO contact and uh, Jim brings up the very important dynamic that uh, what we recall what we claim to be our uh, higher dimensional contact experience or physical contact experience or paranormal experience or near death or out of body uh, what we recall is often is generally normally um, colored by subconscious uh, fashioning uh, colored by uh, modified by our expectations by <clears throat> what we uh, assume and generally don't recognize that is assumptive meaning <clears throat> we we can't imagine certain things and so we see it uh, in line with these assumptions and Don, uh, Jim is saying that this this kind of fashioning of an acceptable story um, allows one to continue functioning without losing mental balance it's basically prevention of cognitive dissonance and so there are certain in, in fact any any account of a paranormal experience many many types near death even a spiritual dream even inspiration like people saying oh God talked to me are you sure <laughs> he said it was God are you sure that, that means it's God so people make so many assumptions and are, are generally not aware that their account has been influenced by uh, portions of the deep personal mind that they're not aware of and that's uh, continuing without losing mental balance and so expansion of view uh, by study like you know, if, if you only think that uh, outside the physical realm you have angels demons and God um, there's going to be a real severe lack of um, interpretive uh, interpretive freedom to make sense of paranormal experience then talking about positive versus negative contact indeed how to know whether it's positive or negative contact positive contact which Ross said is uh, uh, directly from confederation uh, only to wanderers so if indeed the contact let's say here we're talking about ET contact whether it's in physical life 3d space-time or out of body in some way uh, if indeed one is very clear and with real self-honesty 
that this was uplifting, awakening, uh, inspiring, wholly positive, completely positive, love, no fear, no threat, no demand, no coercion, nothing tricky, nothing upsetting, um, but, but a real spiritual positive um, experience, that means one's a wanderer. And um, the negative contacts, on the other hand, basically inspire fear and doom. And they're associated with contraction of um, hope and um, putting us down, not helping us uh, raise ourselves up. Then Carla will uh, talk about her condition. Carla wrote, My poor feet, rheumatoid disease is notorious for its depredations upon one's extremities, and perhaps my feet, or sorry, my hands, feet, and neck have suffered the worst from its progression. Thirteen operations on my hands and six on my feet have staved off total dysfunction, but the old digits are not what they once were. During these sessions, they suffered far more than normal, because when I was in trance, I did not move at all. Those of Ra did not know how to make my body move very well, so whatever aches and pains I had became rapidly very hard to bear. It was easy for me to be discouraged. I can remember asking the creator with some asperity, meaning um, sharpness or um, force, what it had in mind when it gave me these gifts. How inconvenient! Especially in terms of this contact, which we all knew was special, I tended to feel that I had let down the side by these sore joints taking time away from the sessions in length. Feeling unworthy in the first place, I felt sheepish that I was, by these distortions, lessening the content of each working. At, the, at this latter day, however, I have ceased to rail against whatever comes my way. I'm just glad to be here. And if I, if I can still channel, fine. But I think all of us have one main job, and that is just to be who we are, living in an open-hearted love of the Creator and His creation. Ra's zinger of an answer to Paharaj's question about coming earth changes is worth pondering in depth. The answer concerning the person's remembrance of a close encounter of the third kind, being on board a craft, is also pithy. We really have a great deal to do with how we experience events of an archetypal nature, and this bleeds through into the everyday. So much of what we receive from the world is set by what we give to it. Ra's comments are provocative in suggesting how we can view that ineffable thing called sanity. So she's talking about her rheumatoid, uh, rheumatoid arthritis disease. I didn't realize she had so many operations on hands and feet. Um, and so the trance, the stiffness of body in trance didn't help. On the other hand, it was her free will, and um, she also did whatever she could after the sessions. Um, her view, you know, uh, I remember the creator, I remember asking creator what it had in mind and when it gave me these gifts, how inconvenient. Um, <laughs> I think it's useful to ask, why do I have these limitations? Why do I have these body or mind or life uh, circumstance limitations or conditions that I feel limiting or that are painful for me. Why? Why, why, why? Which really means what, I mean, I have a different approach a little bit, which is um, 
trying to get a deeper sense of my karmic responsibility. I made this uh, sharp pain. I made these problems all for myself. And what kind of basis do they have? Meaning, what must, what might I have done? And with insight, one can know those things increasingly. I mean, one can know them enough to get some um, understanding of the causal basis, whether it's past life or present life. Um, what is the purpose for which I experience this uh, difficult catalyst? Basically, the purpose of such catalyst is the um, learning of its solution. The way of balancing or doing the right thing or helping oneself through it or helping oneself out of it or helping oneself, whether it's a body healing or helping or a life-changing improvement, the, the change of mind and attitude and deep sense of self associated with finding solutions is the purpose for the catalyst as far as I know. And so the, 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 the creation of the solution is the purpose of the catalyst. Uh, the, the changes of mind associated with making positive um, adjustment, improvement, healing, life, um, life improvement, uh, greater, you know, he working through the pain in mind and body to better conditions of mind and body, uh, whether they're physical or psychological or circumstantial life conditions. Um, the, the change of mind needed uh, to make improvement and the the physical doing of that improvement as well, the, the follow-through, the uh, will, the persistence, perseverance, the effort uh, to uh, apply <clears throat> those um, solutions or improvements. That's the purpose of the problem, <laughs> period, as far as I can see. And so I don't think about, you know, God giving me gifts. Okay, God gave me this, this gift of, of what pimples in, in high school or a limp or whatever. I don't think of this. I think of how did I make it <laughs> and how I can make sure I don't make it anymore or unmake it or improve it. And But you see, she also had a very strong sense of unworthiness. And that'll, that really is an obstruction to self-understanding and self-helping and um, taking that very um, self-oriented responsible perspective to it you know you can say if God wanted this God did this or God made it but I would rather say that I made it mm, by the agency of a distortion and God's laws of karma <laughs> God did the laws of karma and I did distortion <laughs> in action by distortion in mind and then those distorted or unhelpful actions set in motion uh, a sequence, a karmic stream that led to these consequences today and right now. That, that works pretty well for me. So she said she used to rail against whatever comes her way. Of course, that's, she knows that's not helpful. 
I'm just glad to be here. That's okay, but you know, <laughs> um, I, I would like to take care of problems too. And she did. So anyway, uh, she said we have one main job to be who we are. Authenticity. Living open-hearted love. Living open-hearted love of creator and creation. Uh, that is, you know, gratitude and um, appreciating the sacred nature of, of all. Uh, the only problem, I mean, that's great. That That's, uh, you know, that's uh, a very awakened perspective. That That's a very <laughs> enlightened perspective. The problem is there are obstructions that keep us from living in that perspective. And those obstructions have to be handled one by one. You know, you can I imagine what it's like in in heaven and try to make your mind living in heaven. But the reason we keep falling is because of various, unf you know, various states of mind that um, bring us into pain and contraction, as well as body problems that could be helped, as well as life conditions that could be changed for improvement. I think all of that needs to be addressed one by one. And then Ra talking about Puharaj and Earth Changes. And I agree that um, Ra's perspective is important rather than the simple um, physical perspective of earth changes are terrible and I feel fear and oh my god what to do. There's a spiritual perspective available. And as she said that um, yes, um, we really do have a great deal to do with how we experience a, a events of an archetypal nature, really spiritual nature, whether you call it archetypal or not, um, anything that's multidimensional, in fact, anything that's 3D space-time dimensional, is profoundly influenced by our interpretive framework, the filters through which we interpret situations. And so, is there is there angst outside of the thought forms of angst? It's a good thing to ponder. So let's go, 84-0, starting the session, I am Ra. I greet you, my friends, in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. Don first asks about Carla. Could you first please give me the condition of the instrument? Don Ra says, the physical complex energy level of the instrument is in sizable deficit. The vital energies are well. So again, the, the, the vital, one, one's vitality which is very much associated with an integration of body, mind, spirit energies, or the whole self energetic, um, can be well, yet one's body can be really unwell and nearly bankrupt in terms of uh, energy for living, for, for feeling well. And so that's another filter um, to the extent that the body is unwell. Um, it's very difficult <laughs> to to um, enjoy and appreciate God's creation or life or self or relationship or anything truly so embodiment is uh, important <laughs> we are here in embodiment and taking good care of the body is really important I mean it, it seems like everybody knows that but um, why do we get sick again and again and again it really shouldn't happen we really it's it's not good. We're not. It's not self-loving if we're getting sick again and again and again. 
if if we haven't done everything to truly understand why and how and what solutions may be put into place and then put them in place or try it's done well to limp through life when we don't have to 84.2 in the last session you mentioned least distorted complex protein and body in that the body complex of the instrument was capable of greatly increased distortion would you define the protein of which you spoke and we would like to know increased distortion in which direction towards health or ill health Ra was talking about the value of non-complex proteins for her health meaning different not not red meat I guess Ra said we were in the cautionary statement about complex protein referring to the distortions of the animal protein which has been slaughtered and preservatives added in order to maintain the acceptability to your peoples of this non-living physical material it is well to attempt to find those items which are fresh and are of the best quality possible in order to avoid increasing this particular entity's distortions which may be loosely termed allergic we were speaking of the distortion towards disease which is potential at this space time <clears throat> so <clears throat> there's a difference between complex animal protein and simple animal protein like the difference between red meat versus uh, chicken and fish or fish uh, or vegetable protein like tofu or uh, nuts and seeds um, and so <laughs> just learning what what makes one what makes any what 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 anyone's body does well with just learning that and knowing it can take decades and yet it is true it is it is doable to find the diet that works well for you and it won't necessarily be the same as anybody else's uh, and it may be a little of this theory and that theory and this and that approach but it really is I think uh, very very important to find the foods that that are good for you meaning your body likes and then adjusting the mind to make peace with what I what I'd like to eat but my body doesn't like <laughs> this body doesn't like this or this this or that so anyway Ross talking about um, the problem and and it is true you know when you eat meat that's from animals slaughtered with preservatives added uh, some people uh, or all of us are affected by that the, the protein and the the um, you know the hormones uh, in the animal in the meat associated with the animal state of mind at, at being slaughtered and killed or whatever it's true so uh, and one can become one can also become hypersensitive by a rigid uh, or um, fear-based approach to diet so anyway it goes on and on there's much to talk about a fear-based approach to diet or a rigid dogmatic approach to diet both can actually lead to chronic ill health and a decreasing range of, of foods that anyone's body does well with so it's important not to get uh, zealous about diet I think but to be practical 84.3 was in book 5 Don asked what disease in particular were you speaking of and what would be its cause Ross said one disease as you call this distortion is that of the arthritis and the lupus uh, erythematosus er erythematosus erythematosus 
is a uh, blood disorder, I think. The cause of this complex of distortions is, at base, pre-incarnative. We refrain from determining the other distortion potential at this space-time due to our desire to maintain the free will of this group. Affirmations may yet cause this difficulty to resolve itself. Therefore, we simply encourage the general care with the diet, with the instructions about allergy, as you call this quite complex distortion of the mind and body complexes. So, um, allergy, in the last sentence, is indicated as a quite complex distortion of mind and body, both. And so, what any one person is allergic to, quote, allergic to, in terms of my body doesn't do well with this or that, whether it's food, dietary allergies, or all sorts of allergies, or um, inabilities, or, you know, hypersensitivities to this or that, uh, is also partly a product of the mind, for sure. The mind that, that feels that's bad, that's evil, uh, and will harm me, and I can't handle it, or I hate that, or I hate this or that. So, uh, mind has a huge role and influence in in anyone's body's capacity to um, make good use of food, uh, or to make to be well, to be quote healthy. Health is surely not only a product of the particular foods of a diet or activities of a lifestyle, but the mindset that's associated with the choosing of the diet and the mindset that's associated with the lifestyle and the mindset that, that goes day by day thinking about self, you know, the sense of self, the sense of self, second chakra condition has a lot to do with health. So Ra basically was saying that, you know, this issue of what proteins are okay so it is true that there are certain foods that do better, uh, that one's body, that anyone's body does better with. That's true. It's also true that, you know, great masters can drink poison and be fine. Though it's not recommended. Uh, it's also true that changing mind can uh, expand the range of what the body does well with. And certain distortions in mind uh, about self and about world and about um, um, uh, assimilation in general um, fears or particularly aversion and fear can can lead the body to not do well in certain environments with certain foods <clears throat> that were those distortions or patterns in mind not present this body or mind would do fine and so the cause of those distortions at base, or the cause of lots of our problems at base, is pre-incarnative, meaning programmed weaknesses, program catalyst of particular body weaknesses or imbalances or issues. But <clears throat> um, what anyone does uh, with them, or or how we how they are today, in the here and now is not only pre-incarnative, it's very much influenced by how we have or have not, or how well we've worked with those pre-incarnative distortions of body since we were born. Uh, and so, not only um, careful food selection without being rigid or dogmatic, um, but also deep self-understanding 
to understand uh, unhelpful biases uh, and unhelpful um, assumptions, beliefs even, about food or about body or about me, <clears throat> selfhood. All of that uh, factors into health. And um, many, many pre-incarnative, I mean, you can say that, that probably most of our deep body problems, let's just look at body, body illnesses or body weaknesses or allergies or, um, you know, body issues, I would imagine that most of them are at base indeed pre-incarnative. However, um, <clears throat> one can, I, I would imagine in most cases, um, pre-incarnative distortions of body that have gotten worse and worse over the years um, have gotten worse and worse over the years significantly uh, due to or in relation to um, not having done certain work in mind that can be done in terms of exposing uh, and healing the underlying distortions in mind that caused the pre-incarnative programming in the first place. Why did I pre-incarnatively program it? So that I can learn, so that I can make the changes, particularly of mind and attitude, associated with their solution. And so, uh, <clears throat> the purpose of the cause is the uh, performance of the solution. The purpose of the cause is the performance of the solution. Take it to the bank. Eighty-four-four. <clears throat> the instrument asked the following question. Ra has implied that the instrument, Carla, is on a path of martyrdom, but since we, but since all die, are we not all martyred to something? When, if ever, does martyrdom partake of wisdom? Uh, it's a good, great question. Uh, and so, yes, indeed, if somebody has a martyrdom complex or tendency or attachment to the way of the martyr, to the self-image associated with martyrdom, it's, you know, attachment to martyrdom equals uh, attachment to the sense of self associated with imagining or being that way. The sense of self associated with that kind of function or that kind of life lifestyle, the lifestyle of the martyr. And so <clears throat> that surely <laughs> can act against the healing of pre-incarnative distortions uh, for anyone. And so the martyr is not just the one who says, uh, I want to die for the cause, but also um, my well-being is intrinsically less valuable than yours or the cause or some higher purpose uh, without necessarily questioning that. I mean, I'm all for martyrdom at the right time, meaning I think that there, there, is, there can be wisdom in martyrdom, indeed. <clears throat> the, the soldier who saves, you know, puts himself in the bullet's way to save his um, brother on the battlefield. That's beautiful, that's noble. And you probably end up graduating to 40 positive from it. Um, that's love and wisdom, it seems to me. Um, but there's also martyrdom associated with low self-value. <clears throat> that's not the same. So martyrdom associated with low self-value or unworthiness complex is a distortion and unhelpful. And so since all die, are we not martyred to something? Well, that's cute reasoning, but it's not true, actually. 
and um, people should be careful about tricky reasoning. Not Don is tricky, but uh, we can fool ourselves. <laughs> yes, we all die, but that's not the same thing as being a martyr. Because what is martyr? <laughs> if you know what martyr, if we clearly define what martyr equals, um, the fact that everybody dies doesn't mean everybody's a martyr. <clears throat> so that that's um, people have to be very careful with. Um, the assumptions um, that are unchecked. Yes, we all die, but why would that mean we're a martyr, everyone's a martyr? Uh, it might mean that if you don't know what martyr means. <laughs> but if you clearly define what martyrdom means, or the martyr type is in practice, then I think you'd say no. But it may be, yes indeed, martyrdom can partake of wisdom. So let's see what Ross says. The 84.4, Ra says, this is a thoughtful query. Let us use as exemplar the one known as Yeheshua, Jesus. This entity incarnated with the plan of martyrdom. There is no wisdom in this plan, but rather understanding and compassion extended to its fullest perfection. The one known as, so says Ra, by the way. The one known as Yehoshua would have been less than fully understanding of its course had it chosen to follow its will at any space-time during its teachings several times, as you call this measure, this entity had the possibility of moving towards the martyr's place, which was, for that martyr, Jerusalem. Yet in meditation this entity stated, time and again, quote, it is not the hour. The entity could also have, when the hour came, walked another path. Its incarnation would then have been prolonged, but the path for which it incarnated somewhat confused. Thusly, one may observe the greatest amount of understanding of which this entity was indeed capable <clears throat> taking place as the entity in meditation felt and knew that the hour had come for that to be fulfilled, which was its incarnation. <clears throat> it is indeed so that all mind-body-spirit complexes shall die to the third-density illusion, that is, that each yellow ray physical complex body shall cease to be viable. It is a misnomer to, for this reason alone, call each mind-body-spirit complex a martyr, for this term is reserved for those who lay down their lives for the service that they may provide to others. We may encourage meditation upon the functions of the will. So, yes, it's a misnomer, it's a mistake, the fact that indeed each of us each of each of our each of us as a being will drop the physical body or the yellow ray physical complex body shall cease to be viable yeah so no one dies but the body falls away so people who know that um, it ain't it ain't no big deal and yet most of humanity is terrified to even contemplate death death equals the grim reaper so we, you know, humanity's been screwed by Orion misteaching, obviously. But <clears throat> uh, death, quote, death, is simply dropping the body and moving into another body, into another dimension. And so just for that, the fact that all of us do doesn't mean that all of us are a martyr, obviously. Martyr equals, so let's define our terms. <clears throat> Martyrdom equals those, or the martyr is one who, quote, lays down his, her life, for the service provided to others. So, 
giving one's life in service to others. That's martyrdom. And so it's very important to define things clearly, then we know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, and it's not that common that people do that. That's um, why I have a new, new series. The other, the other group were doing this, <clears throat> looking at words and defining key concepts like distortion or um, uh, karma or absorption and concentration. Uh, discernment. What is discernment? What is distortion? What does it mean? Let's let's look. Let's get a deep understanding of, of the terms we're using. As in the case of Jesus, Yeshua, Yeshua, Jehoshua, the plan was martyrdom. <clears throat> now, Ra said there's no wisdom in this plan. I don't think that's... You see, Ra is in late 6th density. Uh, in 8th density, uh, from the Logoic perspective, uh, it seems to me the wis there was great wisdom <laughs> from the Logoic perspective of Yeshua's plan of martyrdom as the culmination of this incarnation, that incarnation. The, the wisdom was that that would serve a, um, a function for the last 2,000 plus years of this 3D cycle uh, as the world teacher for the West or the world teacher of the way to the kingdom of heaven on earth, meaning graduation to 4D positive. Yeshua was the teacher, the world teacher. <clears throat> That's why Christian, meaning you know, Christianity or its principles are available in all countries, despite countless distortions. We're not talking about distortion. We're talking about the truth contained therein. And the truth contained therein, to me, is the truth of the way to inherit the earth, the way um, to be reborn or to be qualified to inherit the kingdom of heaven on earth, meaning for positive, the way of love. <clears throat> now, Ra saying that there's no wisdom in that plan, I, I disagree, but uh, the wisdom is logoic uh, uh, in terms of the function that the, the, ba the wisdom <laughs> that went into the martyrdom plan. The martyrdom plan itself, you can say, uh, is uh, love over wisdom, understanding compassion, right? Green red qualities, fullest perfection. So that's a little hint there too. Um, martyrdom, where it means laying down one's lives for service to other, giving one's lives to one's friends, as Yeshua said. That is the fullest perfection of understanding and compassion, to give one's lives for one's friends. But that's not low self-esteem. <laughs> And uh, that is indeed, I think, yes, the, the, the fullest uh, perfection of green ray. And Yeshua said there's nothing greater than uh, for a man to give, give his life, lay his life down for his friends. That's what he did. And while that can be said to be greatly love over wisdom, the purpose of the incarnation for the 3D cycle was replete with logoic wisdom, um, in my view. Now, <clears throat> Ra's saying that it, when we're looking at wisdom-love balance, it is pretty complicated. He, that his plan, the incarnative plan was martyrdom, he would have been less wise and less accepting of his plan had he 
basically rejected it midway through. <laughs> Had it chosen to follow its will, meaning its will to go its own way and not give his life up for his friends, um, to turn against the plan, to turn against martyrdom was to turn against the plan. And while martyrdom is greatly love over wisdom, um, the plan was rich in wisdom. The plan to, to have the martyrdom way of love of a wisdom was rich in logoic wisdom. Had he turned against that during his life, that would have indeed been a rejection of wisdom. Uh, he had several times, or I said, possibility of moving towards the martyr's place um, and knew with wisdom that in from meditation knew it's not yet time. That's wisdom too, or acceptance and wisdom. Right, the the open heart, open mind capacity to accept truth, <clears throat> wisdom, whatever it may be, however I may feel. Maybe he wanted to go earlier. Maybe he didn't want to go at all. So, um, discernment um, as the function of mind discovering truth, fine discernment of truth, rests on the heart fourth ray, and particularly second ray sense of self, uh, needed for whole being acceptance of truth, despite um, it being outside one's preference. So maybe he wanted to go earlier, but his commitment to uh, truth, meaning commitment to living in truth and in accord with truth, responsibility of one's life to being in accord with truth, uh, told him he shouldn't go yet. Then indeed as well, <clears throat> when the hour did come, he knew, he accepted, he got, he discerned that by inspiration. He could have also chosen another way and didn't. Now that's, is that the rejection of the wisdom of the non-martyr way? Or is it the acceptance of the wisdom of fulfilling his life plan? <laughs> Maybe both to some extent. But the plan is the plan. And if you want to fulfill... You know, the greater gain is to fulfill the incarnate plan, it seems to me. Then, Ross said, had he rejected to go to Jerusalem when the hour had come, when he knew it, by his commitment to truth, had he done that, he would have lived longer. But the path for which he incarnated, somewhat confused indeed, <laughs> he would have rejected the purpose, the plan, of uh, the incarnative plan of martyrdom, which was there for the purpose of... I, I, you know, giving a major um, teaching to humanity. Then, um, Ross says, uh, one may observe the greatest amount of understanding, which is green-red quality, of which he was capable taking place as in meditation. He felt and now he felt he knew, he felt, and then he knew, right? So first comes a feeling, generally, and then comes the capacity to know. Four and five. Um, knew the hour had come, that to be fulfilled, what had to be fulfilled, and so he did it. And while calling that um, greatest amount of understanding, which is which is again love acceptance, fourth ray. So fourth ray, love, green ray, love is associated with acceptance and understanding, unconditional acceptance, and thus uh, broad and deep understanding. But that's not the same as wisdom, although it obviously you know, leads right into it. It's not it's not separable from wisdom, but it's somewhat distinct. Just like there are two sides to the same coin. Um, there are two sides to mind. 
right? There's uh, transpersonal true mind is green blue, the blue green center, as Ross said. Then they explain about um, the fact that we all leave here doesn't mean we're all martyrs, obviously. Uh, and then they encourage meditation upon functions of will. Will is uh, number one on the path, in a sense, of meaning the, the, the fuel for the engine or what drives the motor of mind-body-spirit complex evolution is will. 84.5, also from Book 5, Don asks, Can you make any suggestions about the instrument's feet or how they got in the bad shape they are in? And would alternating the shoes and would alternating the shoes would help? And Ra explains the distortion referred to above, that is, the complex of juvenile rheumatoid arthritis and lupus erythematosus, erythematosus <clears throat> acts in such a way as to cause various portions of the body complex to become distorted in the way in which the instrument's pedal foot appendages are now distorted. We may suggest care in resumption of the exercise, but determination as well. The alternation of footwear shall prove efficacious. The undergarment for the feet, <coughs> meaning the socks, which you call the anklet, should be of a softer and finer material than is now being used and should, if possible, conform more to the outline of those appendages upon which it is placed. This should provide a more efficient aid to the cushioning of these appendages. We may further suggest that the same immersion in the waters which is helpful to the general distortion of her health is, in general, helpful to this specific distortion as well. However, <clears throat> the injury which has been sustained in the metatarsal region of the right pedal pedal appendage foot should further be treated for some period of your space-time by the prudent application of the ice to the arch of the right foot for brief periods, followed always by immersion in the warm water. So it's pretty specific in terms of uh, arthritis and the foot condition. And <clears throat> um, the only point I would make is that um, tight fitting, not, not tight, but form fitting clothing has certain effects on the body and effects on the mind and effects on one's outlook walking through one's day. Um, a friend of mine long, long ago said something like, <clears throat> wearing well-tailored clothing or expensive clothing or high-quality well-tailored fitting clothing um, is is very helpful to one's state of mind. Uh, and I think that's true. Like in the Kingsman, the bespoke, a well-bespoke suit. Uh, but it doesn't have to be a fancy apparition. But for her, the little sock being conforming more to the outline of her foot <clears throat> rather than being loose, not only is more efficient in the cushioning, but changes the state of mind by in association with that more efficient cushioning. And so wearing dumpy clothes leads to a dumpy state of mind often. <clears throat> or dumpy clothing, um, I mean, I have a certain shirt that's like just super baggy, and it, and it, it just sort of disgust me to wear it, but I train myself <laughs> to see if I can move out of a dumpy state of mind wearing a dumpy loose-fitting, baggy, funky shirt. <clears throat> but 
but uh, I still have that feeling. Uh, uh, how one dresses surely affects one's mind, not only by the sensory dynamics of that clothing and the skin and the appendage, the foot, the leg, the, the body, wherever, but um, there are <clears throat> deeper levels of belief and uh, mind process activated by the selection and the wearing of particular quality of clothing. Not saying uh, abundance is, is uh, divine or, you know, it's glorious to get rich or the rich people are superior wearing their fancy clothing. No. But uh, higher quality f clothing, like food that is um, well prepared. The care that goes into the preparation of the food, the the consciousness that goes into the the fashioning of the clothing, um, <clears throat> is is influence in influences us in the decision to eat that food or wear that clothing. And so there there are very subtle levels. Of this, uh, so <laughs> well, we have to get through this session in uh, two weeks or hopefully, uh, but the, the selection of food and the selection of clothing uh, affects us not only by the material biochemical properties of the food or the body sensory effects, um, dynamics associated with the nature of the clothing, whether it's organic or synthetic, whether it's uh, tight or loose or well-fitting, <clears throat> the, the materials, obviously, and um, all sorts of things. It, they affect us not only uh, at the physical level, biochemical or uh, kinesthetic sensory, or skin biochemical, but also the consciousness um, that went into the preparation of the food or the clothing and the, uh, is associated with the consciousness that that is the basis of our selection of that food and the clothing. And um, it's all influential. So it's all in, press, in, in play. <coughs> 84.6. Thank you. Uh, Don goes on. The instrument asks if the restricted unpublishable healing information that was given during the first book be included in book four, since readers who have gotten that far will be dedicated somewhat. Uh, said, as we know, the publication of material shall, in time, in time, shall we say, be appropriate. There is intervening material. I'm not sure what that's about, but um, whether readers are dedicated or not, <clears throat> um, they chose to take some material out of the four books and put it into a book five, and. Um, it's also true that indeed, <laughs> coming, uh, walking on the path um, requires walking through the intervening stages to get to goals. <clears throat> just, just imagining one's mind in the state of the goal, either what would Jesus do, or uh, let me live in let what it, you know let me live in appreciating love for all God's creation. Well, that's great. That's the goal, or that's a goal. But if one doesn't walk through the intervening material, like through blockages, uh, one won't be living in the goal. So, 
we should be realistic and honest about it. There are just a few more here before we end today. <clears throat> uh, two from Book 5, 84, 7, and 8. Uh, interesting stuff. Don says, thank you. I'm sure that we're getting into an area of problem with the first distortion here, <clears throat> and also with the difficulty in a bit of transient material here. But I have two questions from people that I'll ask, although I consider especially the first one to be of no lasting value. Andrija Puharic asks about coming physical changes. Spe specifically this summer, <laughs> is there anything that we could relay to him about that? Ross answer, we may confirm the good intention of the source of this entity's puzzles and suggest that it is a grand choice that each may make to, by desire, collect the details of the day or, by desire, to seek the keys to unknowing. Wow. Bang, bang, bang. Now, <clears throat> this was 1984, no, 1982, the session was received. And you can see that 1982, or 35 years ago, um, those, those uh, cheery New Age channels were making predictions for gloom and doom or earth changes in the next three months, in the next six months, in the next year time frame. Always dated predictions being made. The big disaster is coming September. No, it's October. No, it's August. <clears throat> on and on and on. They've been doing this for decades. And to me, um, the greatest indication uh, of um, non-disaster ahead is uh, New Age or spiritual channels predicting disaster at a certain date ahead. Their prediction is a great um, indication that uh, such disaster won't happen. They have a terrible track record, you know. So, specifically this summer. <laughs> and so instead of worrying about the date of the um, next disaster to come, Ra's really saying, uh, by desire one may choose a different way to seek the keys to unknowing. Now, unknowing um, sounds very Buddhist here. There's the keys to knowing <clears throat> versus the keys to unknowing. In this case... Um, Ra's contrasting the details of the day to the keys to unknowing. Now you can say that knowing is great. <laughs> Just learning Ra's teaching is a knowing. So what's wrong with knowing? Nothing. But in this case, uh, unknowing is contrasted to collection of details of the day. So we've got the transient and the eternal, or the transient information being details of the day that is collected in in obviously in a cumulative materialistic way, in a um, in a very dualistic-minded perspective of uh, me and the many details that I can collect and accumulate, uh, particularly of time and space, space and time of the day. So collection of the details is the accumulation of transit information versus seeking. What kind of seeking? Seeking keys to unknowing. Ra didn't say, um, dwell in unknowing. They didn't say, become stupid. <laughs> they didn't say, uh, know the unknowable. 
they didn't say just have your faith in God uh, these may be fine but first of all the path is seeking whether we accomplish or not we don't know only your teacher can say only one beyond us can say where we are we can't really say fully where we are we know a little but to confirm any great achievement or anything only one beyond us can do so so do I know anything I don't know I know it's very little <laughs> so I guess I know that but uh, any anything valuable uh, has to be confirmed by one beyond that seems to me but we can keep seeking we can keep trying and trying what in this case Ross saying he's seeking to find to uh, know the keys to unknowing what does it mean the principles of unknowing so seeking principles or keys or the ways of opening unknowing what's unknowing in this case it's not um, stupidity or uh, avidya it's um, nations it's not that it's um, um, <clears throat> not not um, it's the opposite of transient information it's basically living principles or the way of progression beyond attachment to the mind this is one interpretation I mean only Ra knows what they meant and I can't I don't presume to know what unknowing means in this context but there is also there is the way of transformation beyond attachment to mental process meaning no matter how much I think I know it doesn't really matter <laughs> it matters how I am meaning what is the vibratory condition of the seven chakra mind body spirit complex what is what is the vibratory consciousness condition of this being now um, that is distinct from how much or little detail transient information is collected it's even distinct from the mind <clears throat> as a whole you know the mind is um, the revealer uh, raw uh, the Hindu perspective raw uh, Hindu perspective got to get my teachers right is uh, there's a phrase mind is the slayer of the real mind is the revealer at worst mind um, keeps us trapped in avidya ignorance nations confusion distortion at best mind reveals it doesn't reveal it it doesn't make awakening it reveals the nature of awakening it reveals uh, what is but awakening is not an intellectual process it's actually um, the nature of the mind's revelation uh, with successive transformation the four stages of awakening in Buddhism they're not intellectual recognitions although intellectual comes later conceptual comes later they're basically realization progressive realizations of reality or what is beyond intellect prior to intellect uh, that intellect then conceptualizes and frames later but there are penetrations into the deathless what's beyond the uh, conceptualization they're they're basically f penetrations to reality beyond naming activity and those are the result of successive transformation successive and uh, a progressive transformation of the seven chakra mind body spirit system far beyond um, intellectual knowing and so knowing follows 
penetrations into reality or the deathless beyond state, beyond thought. And so the keys to unknowing is the keys to full mind-body-spirit complex transformation. Mind simply reveals the keys. Mind simply formulates um, conceptually the path and the goal or the nature of these um, breakthroughs, the nature of being beyond mind. <laughs> mind reveals it, but it ain't done by the mind. So doing in the mind is not uh, transformative of mind-body-spirit complex. It's a transformation of mind, change of mind. Change of mind is good. Want to change your life, change your mind, yeah. But we're not talking here about changing one's life. <clears throat> we're talking about transforming one's being, transforming being. And that is far greater than collection of details, and it's far greater than intellectual knowing. It's even far greater than wisdom discernment. It's far greater than naming activity in toto. All naming activity <clears throat> um, is um, subsidiary to transformation of total being, of the whole being. Finally, this will be where we end for the day, <clears throat> and um, it's all deep stuff, so there's no real clear ending. 84.8, Don says, I'm interested, I can't help but be interested in the fact that he, meaning Paharch, had reported being taken on board craft. Could you tell me something about it? Actually, it may or may not be Paharch. <clears throat> Ross said, uh, the, the star asterisk says that this question, the he who reported going aboard a craft, referred to material Ra asked, Ra asked not to be published. And so you can, there are book five notes to look at that further. Ra explains, the nature of contact is such that in order for the deep portion <clears throat> of the trunk of the tree of mind affected to be able to accept the contact, some symbology which may arise to the conscious mind is necessary as a framework for the explanation of the fruits of the contact. In such cases, the entity's own expectations fashion the tale which shall be most acceptable to that entity, and in the dream state, or a trance state in which visions may be produced, this seeming memory is fed into the higher levels of the so-called subconscious and the lower levels of the conscious. From this point, the story may surface as any memory and cause the instrument to function without losing balance <coughs> or sanity. And so, <laughs> uh, the prevention of insanity, the uh, minim minimization, uh, diminution of cognitive dissonance, uh, as um, it, it plays a role in the fashioning of memory. And so, <clears throat> in terms of contact with, um, you know, ET, uh, being positive or negative, actually, uh, generally being astral, but also higher dimensional, or visionary. Um, I think it's really intrinsic to multidimensional contact, or contact beyond the veil, or beyond 3D space-time, with the magical. Contact, uh, true magical experience. It's very different than space-time experience. To outside, um, you know, it's a hole in the curtain, as Ra would say. So the nature of such experience or 
uh, of which you you know ET contact or taking on board is an example of penetration through the veil or hole in the curtain or multidimensional interdimensional we can say uh, is such that number one deep portion of the trunk of the tree of mind so the trunk the tree of mind like a tree or mind uh, analogized as a tree has uh, above ground and below ground portions the trunk may be above ground but it's closer to the roots that are subconscious the trunk meaning the deeper level of the conscious mind must be able to accept it for the deeper level of the conscious mind to accept it as Ra talks about the lower levels of the conscious right there's the higher and the lower if the conscious mind is like the fluttering leaves the trunk of the tree of mind is like I would say the lower levels of the conscious which are in touch with the roots meaning the subconscious which are uh, closer to the surface of the soil being personal subconscious and deeper down being planetary racial and planetary for that for an interdimensional experience let's say such as ET contact or going on board a UFO to make sense to the fluttering leaves conscious mind um, the deep mind the deep personal mind and the deep subconscious must accept must be able to accept it or it has to be framed in a way so one doesn't go crazy uh, or lose balance and that's actually one reason that people don't remember past lives that's one reason that people don't remember past life deaths that's one reason that people uh, forget a lot of stuff actually we forget a lot of stuff that was traumatic and so this is um, there is a this is a psychodynamic not only in play in multidimensional experience Ra explains that as there being some symbology needed, symbology which rises to the conscious, meaning a clothing of the experience in symbology memory, or the symbology in the memory clothing the real experience so that uh, it can be acceptable to the conscious, the higher levels of the conscious mind. That's necessary as, quote, framework for explanations of the fruits of the contact, meaning the nature of the contact, and um, to, to make a, a workable um, intellectual, uh, a, a usable cognitive product, the memory, to understand the nature of the contact and its purpose, then uh, how that happens is one's own expectations, which is the subconscious, personal subconscious. Fashion a tale, a story, shall be most acceptable and again, if one's conscious mind has uh, very strong um, preferential biases, very much associated with second chakra blockage, um, one can't accept much. The, the weaker the sense of self, the less one can accept. The, the more damaged the sense of self or the stronger sense of unworthiness, the less the conscious mind can accept a wide range of reality, of, of conceptual usable cognitive framing of reality less reality is known as um, the sense of self can accept less or we accept less with a greater uh, low self value i hate myself i can't hear it uh, as uh, one famous fellow said i don't want to hear bad things about myself i don't go into therapy i don't want to hear bad things about myself said one um okay fine 
um, that limits self-understanding and, and wellness. So <clears throat> the more that can be accepted, the more that can be known and um, improved. If you can't hear pain or hear thought, hear, hear certain perspectives about oneself uh, or reality, uh, because there's strong aversion based in strong fear, based in low self-value, based in assumption of low self-worth and low self-capacity, um, one lives hobbling or uh, crippled somewhat or unwell based on those blockages. So, uh, this, but this is kind of normative that uh, deep mind expectations fashion the tales most acceptable or acceptable at all for us um, and also in dream state and trance state when visions come they're clothed appropriately and <clears throat> the more um, the 246 line is well um, self is a being of infinite worth uh, Atman or true self is known as complete and whole and perfect these six chakra views of self um, fill or uh, are embodied or grounded in second ray gut belly belly self the belly self is infused by the spiritual self or awareness of spiritual self true heart awareness acceptance of the unified self complete and whole and perfect self is a being of infinite worth um, fills the orange <laughs> the orange ray second chakra is is filled by the ambrosia of the unified self awareness uh, truly known and accepted in love wisdom to that extent um, one's conscious mind can accept a whole lot and um, that's important <laughs> along the way and leads to the capacity to make oneself well very much well to be very well no matter what and that's what we seek so then um, uh, in this case of filtering and framing uh, seeming memory what I think it ha you know people who say oh this happened this happened this happened are you sure bro of course you're not don't you want to know that you're not sure <laughs> don't you want to know that you don't know fully don't you well if you commit if you love truth you want to know that you don't know fully hmm. and the people who don't the people who think they know know so much the know-it-alls <laughs> are fearful and small-minded and have a very limited um, a small spigot uh, of mm, mind uh, reception and um, know little the know-it-all knows little and the one who knows much knows how little all that so-called much is that much is really little and how little they know uh, but anyway so-called memory seeming memory is fed to higher levels of the so-called subconscious right so seeming memory goes from the unconscious uh, or subconscious up into the conscious through the lower levels of the conscious so there are various levels of course of both conscious and unconscious anyway then the story finally comes up as a memory uh, that is acceptable and the person doesn't lose it next time we won't lose it we'll go and start at 84.9 uh, talking 
uh, again about Before the Veil, but as a segue into the rest of the session's topic being sexual energy transfer. And um, it's interesting stuff. And so I hope this was helpful, and um, I hope uh, we can understand how uh, wisdom is a rather lonely matter, <laughs> Ra said, but uh, the interplay of love-wisdom is crucial to the path, and the infusion of the sense of self, second ray, condition of second chakra, uh, the degree to which it's infused by uh, the unified self, indigo ray, six chakra, recognition of self as complete and whole and perfect, or a being of infinite worth, even though self is... <laughs> the separative self is illusory. <laughs> the self is the logos, but it ain't your personality. Um, true selfhood beyond distinct, beyond naming activity, beyond consciousness. Yeah, okay, I got it. But the extent to which awareness of unified self, six ray, infuses the embodied sense of self, second ray, very much uh, changes the capacity of the mind to accept and learn and have discernment. So Gautama said, um, those that manifest discernment are those who uh, <clears throat> have the karmic root of having consistently gone to the wise and the worthy, um, seeking to know what's in my long-term welfare and benefit and what is not. Even to go to the seek even to go to those that you consider wise and worthy <laughs> comes from a certain degree of uh, acceptance of reality or positive sense of self strong enough to realize there are some who are far more wise and worthy than me. They're far more wise and worthy than me. And they know better than me. Yeah, there are lots who know better than us. Yeah, let's not forget it. I don't mean me. <laughs> far better than me. <laughs> I don't know much at all. I know it. So, uh, yeah, even to consistently go to the wise and worthy uh, depends on um, a healthy enough sense of self to realize that I know little and um, have a long way to go. But I don't hate myself. And so, uh, <clears throat> this healthy self-esteem is critical for the development of knowing and discernment and right view and, and um, knowing the self and the path. Anyway, next time we go more, Thank you for being here. Take good care of yourselves and good night.